So you're welcome to the Sharon Fitzmaurice podcast. Today's guest is Philip Walsh. Philip, who struggles to fit into mainstream society at times, wants to live in a world full of good food, nature and healing, where people take time out of their busy working lives to rest and play while not feeling guilty about it. A world where people are genuinely happy about their life decisions. After more than 20 years of being exposed to all kinds of alternative and complementary therapies, Philip has recently dived into the deep end and accepted to do the work required to really understand and heal himself whilst teaching others how to do the same. After participating in numerous courses, including Reiki, mindfulness and energy training, all the whilst reading dozens of self-help books, combined with almost a year's psychology, Philip now feels he has finally begun to understand the journey of self-love. So Philip, you're very welcome today. Thank you very much, Sharon, for having me. Delighted. So that's a wonderful bio. And as I said to you before we started, loads of information and lots of words that jump out at me immediately. But the first word, I suppose, because I am a therapist and I like to know the background of people because we can be great. You know, I say we show the face of who we are now, but we may not have shown the face of when we were struggling or the face of pain or the face of trauma. And it's great that we can sit here and speak about where we are right now. But again, for anybody that's not in that place right at this moment, let's go back to the struggles. So when you said you struggled to fit into mainstream society at times, when did you first kind of have that feeling or realization that, you know, you were struggling? Well, when I say struggling to fit into a mainstream society, I suppose, um, what's the best example I could give would be, would say I, I traveled for a, a couple of years um, recently in 2017, 18 and half of 2019. And when I came back, um, I had been exposed to quite a lot of uh, really interesting people. And I was, I suppose, figuring uh, myself out a little bit as well. Um, so I just, I, when I came back, I would be wearing all the hippie clothes, all the, the, the strange colors. Um, yeah, I would be just walking barefoot, uh, everywhere. Um, you know, I'd be talking to people about, uh, earthing and stuff like this. And, um, yeah, it was, it was just interesting because I would be walking around and I would be watching other people's, uh, reactions when they would see me. And, um, I, and then I realized, okay, so since I had left left Ireland, uh, I'd gone on and um, I suppose found a different part of me and uh, brought that back. And I just see how people, it's like a, they were a little bit shocked when they would uh, just see this person walking around wearing all these colorful baggy clothes and um, walking with no uh, shoes on, maybe in the middle of winter. So, yeah, uh, so when I say uh, struggling to, to fit in, that was uh, one thing. Um, so since then, I've learned to tone it down a little bit. Um, yeah, I've, I've learned to fit in a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I suppose I've always uh, felt I'm a little bit um, 
different. I was always into alternative uh, styles of, um, yeah, I suppose just living. Um, so, yeah, that was, um, yeah, that's when, when I say that, I suppose that's what I, what I mean, you know. Yeah, I find it interesting because, again, I know that many people I work with, including myself, you know, we may have felt that at times, especially when we were younger. I'm, I'm a good bit older than you, Philip, I should say. So, yes, we've had to find our place in the world. And for me now, looking back, it almost feels as if, you know, when I say I had to find my place in the world. It was like the world was something very different than what I wanted it to be. <clears throat> and a bit like you, I wanted to make the world a happier place and a better place and a, you know, cruel free world. And then I realized, I suppose, as I got older that, you know, the because of the world, the way it is, because we are all so different and because you know, not everyone is going to be the same as me, you know, thank goodness, because individuality is beautiful as well. But I realized it was kind of within myself that struggle was that once I could accept myself, that I was okay with everybody else, you know, I was okay with the people in suits or the people walking around barefoot. And for me, that's why I said I focused on the word struggle, because it resonated with me, it resonated for much of my own life you know, that I struggled to accept who I was and what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be in my life. But when I found that place of peace, it didn't really matter about anybody's reactions. You know, the way you say people look at you, people will look at you always. And I think it's a compliment if they even look your way because most people are stuck to their phones now. So if you get a passing glance, whether it's a smile or, you know, a, a funny look, because of how you're dressing or speaking or whatever you're doing, that's okay because someone has noticed you. <laughs> and I always say we all want to be seen and heard for who we are. Would you agree with that, Philip? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and like that uh, over the last uh, year in particular, I've, I've like you just said, um, uh, taken it more of a compliment now and, um, and also learn to accept like the people in suits and uh, the people who also dress differently now um, and who act uh, differently. You know, I, it's just, there's more, um, yeah, acceptance. I think that comes from, yeah, obviously when you accept yourself then you, you really like accept uh, everyone else for who they are and it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Good. Well done, Philip. Lovely. So again, another word that stood out for me is, you know, after 20 years of being exposed to all kinds of alternative and complementary therapies, you know, that you were learning to really understand yourself and heal yourself. What did you feel you had to heal inside you? You know, you don't have to go into personal details, but what was it that you felt inside of you that, you know, was hurting you or there was a wound or a shadow that you know that you didn't want to show to the world or even to yourself you know what was that main focus of healing for you main focus of healing for me i suppose well it it kind of began I've always been uh, exposed to all of these, um, you know, beautiful uh, therapies and um, yeah, and uh, holistic health and everything. Um, so 
I never really, to be honest, I never really knew there was um, a need to heal. Um, I kind of went with the, I've been conditioned as most so many people are. Um, you go to go to school, college, you get a job, um, then you uh, you have a, a, a partner, and you then you're looking at uh, marriage, kids, uh, house, you know the the usual. So I, I kind of I was going with the with the flow, with that flow that I suppose that is what I knew, what I was conditioned into believing that's where we're all supposed to go and we're all supposed to do. Um, so I did that for quite a few years after college. Um, and I, I found I was, it, it really, it, it, it wasn't ringing true uh, for me inside at all. Um, but I, I didn't know any better and I just, I kept, uh, kept going with it. Um, I kept going with it for a while and then I, I was so blessed. I, uh, I met a, a lady who, um, who I suppose opened the door for me. I was just able to, um, I, again, thankfully, mainly, the reason I was introduced to all of these uh, therapies, I suppose I have to give credit for my father um, because he is the one that um, had always had such an interest in all of these um, these things. So he then went on and showed them to um, to me and my uh, brothers and my sister. Um, so he found this particular lady um, in, in Galway and uh, I went to her one day um, and I had my say good job I had a long-term relationship um, and yeah things were going uh, good as far as the eye could see uh, from, from the outside looking in um, so I went to this lady and yeah I I decided uh, one day to actually ask the question is there any, actually the first time I actually talked to myself and I said um, I said uh, is there anything that's not really sitting right uh, with me inside um, so I, I brought this up uh, with this lady and yeah, she was able to really dive deep into my soul and, uh, and show me so much uh, as to who I was and, um, and the life I was leading just is, is totally not, uh, was not the path for me. Um, so anyways, it totally opened my mind. Um, and that uh, day I left, I left there uh, definitely a changed uh, person, although I didn't know what exactly, uh, what exactly was uh, something was changing inside me, but a seed was planted, I suppose. And um, yeah, then a, a couple of days later, um, I suppose I I went and I just I knew I had to change something. Um, just my life just wasn't uh, just wasn't working uh, anymore. Uh, so I just took the plunge and I I broke up with my girlfriend at the time. And I quit my job and then I pretty much just hopped on a one-way ticket out of Ireland um, like, like less than a week later and um, didn't know where I was going, what I, what I was even doing. Um, yeah, and uh, I just left. I just had to, had to go. And it was interesting because in those first couple of weeks, like my body was um, it, it's such a shock. My whole reality was just shook. I didn't like, holy crap, you know um like everything was just turned upside down um but it was strange because I was doing it to myself um like essentially I was making this decision even though I didn't have a clue what was what was happening I didn't know there was an alternate uh, an alternate uh, reality I thought that I would maybe take a holiday for a few weeks and come back and um you know maybe get another job or get back into the same um routine 
but um, I'm lucky actually then that I, I was with, uh, I met my brother who lives in Greece and he suggested, uh, oh, why don't you go travel for a while? He said, you're essentially you're free. You have no mortgage, you have no ties. Um, so I said, travel. So I, again, didn't really know what I wanted. I was just, I felt very, very lost, very lost. I just said, yeah, sure, nothing else to do. Uh, may as well, it'll pass some time, if anything. So I started doing that. And then little did I know that the, the search for who I was, uh, I suppose, uh, began then. Because um, I knew it wasn't uh, wearing a suit. Uh, I was uh, selling cars at the time. Um, it wasn't, uh, that wasn't for me. Um, and uh, yeah, so then I spent, yeah, a couple of years pretty much uh, starting just to dismantle my old life and dismantle all my uh, conditionings and everything that I'd led to believe. Um, that took a while and then uh, slowly then start to build back up and ask the question again then of uh, what do I what do I really want or where do I want to go and yeah and then yeah so that's and kind of comes to where I am now um, which is um, yeah I'm very much uh, I've <laughs> I think I feel I've found uh, I found my path uh, but again we have to get lost in order to find it you know we won't find it um, just being stuck doing our same routines every day. Yeah, very good, Philip. I love that. And what I kind of um, stuck out for me as well is when you said your father, you know, you were grateful to him that he opened you up to all of these um, different therapies, that he had the awareness of it and he introduced you or brought you, your brothers and sisters to it, you know, which is unusual sometimes for the other generation, you know, that they have the awareness or they want you to go out and explore it and explore the world a little bit more because, sometimes parents want to keep us safe. And as you said, they want us to go on that path of safety, you know, believing it's safe, you know, the normal job, the pension, the house, the wife and kids or partner, whatever it is. And, you know, we can get that lovely word that we all use is the conditioning. But for me, it's always about a choice. And somewhere down the line, we'll make a choice, whether that's right or wrong for us. It might take us a bit longer for some, but the fact that you had that choice at a young age or you made that choice for yourself, I think it really probably helped you to discover, you know, what was really inside of you yourself. Because I always say, I can't tell my clients or anybody else what's right for them. They have to discover that and choose those paths for themselves. So when, as I think of that, I also think about, about a lot of young people now, when you said you went traveling and you, even though you felt a bit lost, you didn't know where you were going, there was no such plan really in place, but that you took a chance, you took a risk and you said, okay, well, just let me go off here and see what happens. Do you think that travel is probably one of the most um, educational experiences outside of school or college for a young person to have in their lives? Absolutely. Um, I tell this to a lot of people. I think it should be mandatory that um, people travel, um, even if it's just for six months or one year. Oh, my God. Uh, such life experiences that you will get that you can you can only get from throwing yourself out into the world. And yeah, you can't learn it in school um, and you 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 can't really learn it from your peers around you, especially those who are, who are caught up in the regular, uh, you know, the, as we say, the day-to-day -day life, the nine to five job and um, that we're in at the moment. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's just, it's just a fantastic way to find yourself really. 
Yeah. I often thought that, you know, the way in some countries it's mandatory, they have to go into the army for a year after, you know, they're 18. I thought to myself, it should be mandatory that at the minute everyone leaves school, it should be mandatory that they go and travel, you know, at least one country, even if it's to the UK, but to have a different experience, to learn a little bit about themselves, their own responsibility of taking care of themselves, because somehow I believe you know, that the younger generation, and I'll include you in that, <laughs> but that sometimes they have been wrapped in this overprotective ball by their families or by society, that there's a huge fear around young people, you know, and that they wouldn't be able to cope on their own. And I, I think they're not given enough of a chance. I think that at school, you know, it's a lot about academic stuff and that's great but not everybody is academic. You know, we wouldn't have all the amazing trades, musicians, artists, if we didn't have those creative people. And as part of that, I believe that if there was something that was offered to young people, and this is what I'm always saying, if somebody could come up with something, you know, within the education system, that it would be part of it, this life experience. I suppose it's like people, you know, um, I had a son that was involved in um, the Scouts, and or whatever they're called now there's a bigger name on it don't ask me I'm lost with all the names but even he went off to um, Norway and stayed for three weeks in a camp and dug holes and it was hard labor and they ate food at late at night but he made friends with people from all over the world you know that were the same as him and he had like friends in Russia and friends in China and friends everywhere and I was going imagine and that was just three weeks in Norway and going off at nearly not even 16 years of age to have that experience, of course, as a mother, I was so apprehensive, you know, because not about him traveling and going out there, but apprehensive, you know, because, well, I don't know the people that are out there. Is he going to be safe? Just normal concerns. But that didn't stop me because I believe just we don't control or own our children. We have to allow them to shape their own world. But of course, yes, my natural instinct was to worry and that he would be safe. But that changed the course of his life, even from that age. So even in schools like they have, if there was part of their work experience to go abroad at a young age, 16 or 17, to open up their world, because now it's like they have to make decisions straight away. Once you have your junior cert done, you have to make decisions about what you're going to do for your leaving cert and for the rest of your life. And I think I've met people in their 60s that still don't know what they want to be when they grow up. How can we expect a 15, 16, 17, 18 year old to know what they want to do for the rest of their life? Yeah. So how can we change that, Philip? I have even my own experience leaving school. I've been saying it since I've been 17, like that how are you supposed to know what the, what you want to do with the rest of your life um if all all you've been taught is um english irish maths geography history the, the and these and not even all of history or all of geography you're only taught um, a certain curriculum curriculum from people you know who from an, from again actually an older generation yeah you're only taught a, a very, very limited number of things in school. I was never, personally, I was never one, an academic, uh, should you say. Um, like, there's so many other things in life that I believe are far more important, like uh, learning to know where your food comes from, 
how to grow food, uh, the, the seasons, understanding kind of how the world, how the climate uh, works, um, a very important thing at the moment. Um, you know, we didn't have this education 30 years ago and um, uh, 30 or 40 years ago, we didn't know anything about, uh, you know, climate uh, change and look where we are now. But yeah, to, to travel, yeah, I think uh, it's too soon. Uh, college straight after school is uh, is too soon. Um, like I said, I, I did it and I, d- I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do when I left school. Um, but I just literally just picked uh, a subject from the amount of points that I got on my leave insert. Uh, okay, I can, uh, quote unquote, afford uh, this um, uh, course, uh, which was uh, software development. So I actually, uh, I, I got it. Uh, I had no interest. I... I have no interest in computers um, at all. Uh, I have no interest in being indoors in, a, in an office in particular. I'm an outdoors uh, person. Um, but I didn't even realize this because, again, all I ever knew was the classroom and um, I, didn't have, I didn't explore the world. So I then went and did a course for, for four years that I didn't, yeah, I, I really didn't want to do it. But I actually, I finished it out. I knew after year one that I didn't want to be there. I said, this isn't me. But again, you know, you have your family saying, oh, yeah, stick it out. And, you know, they're they're supporting you and they're telling you, keep going, you know, do it. Um, but I but <laughs> they're supporting you, uh, but they're kind of uh, maybe not in, in other ways. They should say, hey, you know, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Um, so anyways, I, I, it's, it's my own decision. I take responsibility for that. But um, yeah, I think if I if I just had even six months after school or one year to just to like do a little bit of traveling, even just a little bit, a bus tour around Europe. And there's lots of small little things you can do. Uh, get a job in a, in a ski resort uh, somewhere for, for a couple of months, little interesting things like this you can do. You would, um, oh wow, like you would discover so much about yourself and what you actually enjoy. And then if you took that one year out, you would go back and you would have, you would have a much better, clearer decision with, you know, if you wanted to go back to college to study something you would know for sure, as opposed to just taking a guess or just mm. picking something because, as I said, you can afford it with your points. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. And I suppose because as young people, when you are living at home with your parents, you're kind of guided by their, you know, um, what they would like is or what they believe is best for you. And again, even at a young age, I don't think many people know what's best for them. So there's probably a little bit about fear about where to go, and what to do, and this is what I'm supposed to do. But again, if it was brought into the school systems that it should be, you know, not mandatory, you still have a choice, but it, it's encouraged more of, I think, you know, that young people do explore the world and it should be part of even their college education, you know, life skills, going out into the world, traveling, understanding different cultures, no matter what you're studying, whether it be a doctor, software developer, you know, whatever line of work you may end up in in the future, that still we should be aware of the outside world, you know, and how we want to bring ourselves into it. And again, as I said, wisdom is a great thing and hindsight is a great thing. And it's okay to say that when we are at the ages we're at, but as a young person, and there is many young people out there that are, they're scared and they're frightened of the world. And in particular, because, as I said, they've been so guarded and protected and they hear so many bad things, you know, that they are a little bit scared of going out by themselves, you know, because it's okay to stay at home and 
mom and dad will be here. They'll drive me crazy. But, you know, how long does that take? And do you feel that young people are maybe a little bit more hesitant or apprehensive or fearful about going out on their own now, Philip? I don't think so. I think it's more so, again, like you said, the the parents wanting to keep them in cotton wool, um, who would be kind of, you know, deep down would love them to go and explore and travel and find themselves. But, you know, parents, I, I can't, I'm not a parent myself, so I, I, I can't uh, speak for them. But um, I can only imagine after spending, you know, 18, 17, 18 years, uh, you know, of your life, like looking after your, your baby, that mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to let them go. So there's, there might be little uh, uh, things where they might be saying, oh, maybe, uh, maybe college is best, you know, kind of <laughs> keep you here, keep you safe, you know. But um, it was interesting because I actually met quite a lot of uh, younger people on my travels uh, in Europe. Um, so many of them from Germany, so many 17, 18 year olds from Germany. And I asked uh, them uh, after a while, I said, how am I meeting so many, uh, you know, 17, 18 year old Germans? And uh, yeah, they all told me that uh, they all take a year off after school. It's, they said it's not a mandatory thing. You can go to college if you want, but it's, it's just, it's what's done. It's, it's the norm over there where you do take a year out um, after school and they all travel. It's, and, and I met so many of them and oh, it was just, it, it was just so much fun. Uh, just, and see them having so much fun, like their first time, I just, I was, I didn't, I wish I could rewind back time and do it myself and just see what yeah. sort of uh, mess I get myself into, but it's funny though. Wow. <clears throat> I love that. And I think again, even now I see, you know, and I'm near a small town here in County Galway and we have a lot of foreign students coming in from Italy and Spain and France. And it's very normal for them to be away from home for a whole year and to come to Ireland, you know, and study English for that year. And um, my son has really good friends from many of these countries. And I, when they come here and they visit and they eat everything in the house. But I say, you know, do you miss home? And they're going, yeah, sometimes. But they have just learned that that's part of normal life for them. And you just said it. It's whatever is normal for you in your family or in your community or in your country. That it's so normal for them to spend long periods of time away from their family so when it comes to the time to actually leave school, you know, that year out, like all those German students you met, it is so natural and it's very natural for the parents. So why in Ireland have we become so hellbound on keeping our families together and to stop us from exploring the world? Or do you think that has changed from the time you left school to even now? I know we can't travel at the moment with restrictions, but do you feel there's more doors open now for young people, Philip? Yeah, um, I think so. And just more so from a practical point of view, um, because now, again, we're more connected. We've all got smartphones. We can video chat. Um, you know, so this, again, gives the parents some ease to be mm-hmm. able to see their, know that they're connected uh, all the time. And uh, flights uh, also, um, obviously not right this minute, but uh, in general, you know, like Ryanair, you can fly very cheap and very, uh, yeah, uh, efficiently uh, across, um, you know, Europe, whereas before maybe you might have had to, I don't know, get a, get a train to some random uh, 
city in Europe. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it might have been a little bit more daunting. Uh, but now you can literally fly to whatever city you want for 20 euros. If you don't like it, that the following day you can fly to another city for 20 euros. It's, it's so yeah. easy. In my time, Philip, the first time I went to the UK, I had to take a boat. <laughs> and people laugh at that now but that was an adventure in itself you know and it was getting a bus from Galway to Dublin and then getting out I can't even remember getting out to the ferry and then you know getting another bus into London town and it, that could take two days you know just to get across the water whereas now you just fly over and you're there in 40 minutes so it has changed dramatically even in my time since I was a young person but that was an adventure in itself. Scary, but I was so excited. And I think young people sometimes, well, I was kind of fearless in that sense because I knew no different, you know, and I was going out there into the world. But I think sometimes maybe parents try and control where their children are going and they've somewhere set up and they're going to someone they know and there's a job lined up or there's something lined up instead of them having to discover and find their way that's part of, I suppose, them not like you going away. You know, I know you went to college and all of that, but going out, meeting your brother in Greece, and then he'll say, just travel, just travel and see where it takes you. And that you had no commitments as most young people don't now, you know, that you have this freedom that you may never have again. You have youth, you know, you have curiosity, you are fearless to a certain extent, you know, and I think that if you have good grounding, and as you said, we all have smartphones now, so we can connect so much easier. When I went, it was writing a letter or finding a phone box, so it was more difficult. And I think in between me being young and say you being young, something has happened in the interim. Something has happened there where we got a bit lost and we got a bit afraid of exploring the world and maybe finding out who we are. So coming back to that, um, you know, that ex exploration of the world. But as you did that, you were exploring parts of yourself. When you arrived back from your travels, how different were you than the Philip that left? <laughs> Very different. In yeah, what ways, totally Philip? What ways would you describe yourself as different from the Philip that took off, kind of afraid, not knowing where he was going? Well, um, for one, uh, I grew my hair. <laughs> that was um, that was the first uh, physical uh, change that you could see. Um, hmm. I just, I suppose, um, more confidence would be one thing. Um. Yeah. Definitely more, uh, more confidence. Um, what else? There's literally just, there's nothing specific coming to mind. It's just been there, uh, just an incredible experience. Did you feel like you were finally, if we'll say that word, you know, that you had finally reached a point of acceptance of who you are and your place in the world? Or was it a sense of, this is me, you know, this is me and who I am. Um, we always have something new to learn about ourselves, but on arrival back, it was that confidence, self-confidence, self-belief maybe in yourself that, you know, I have experienced a different side of life, but a different side of myself. 
you know, and that you were now ready to show that to the world, even in your bright colors and bare feet, <laughs> you know, that people would look to you differently. And, and that was okay too. Yeah. Um, it was interesting how I came back though. Um, because in, in essence, I felt I wasn't ready to come back. Um, but uh, when I left, um, I, I was gone for a while, but I, I came back. Um, I came back uh, in, 2000, in the middle of 2018 for, um, for a few months. Just literally, I didn't even see anybody. I came back and I quietly did some work so I could make some money um, because I wanted to go to New Zealand. So I came back, put my head down, worked, made some money and uh, like left again. Um, so I went to New Zealand and uh, I bought a camper van and I lived out of that for, um, for around five months. Um, that was, that was for sure the, the most, um, <laughs> I saw that say the most heart opening um, experience I've ever had. Um, I also, uh, I wanted to make it more, I, I found it was actually too easy to travel these days also. So I wanted to make it a bit more challenging for myself. Um, so like back in your time, uh, I decided to um, uh, not uh, buy a SIM card or connect a phone or anything. So I, I just went with no phone, which was really freeing as well. Mm. Um, so I did that. Um, but actually, sorry, before I left for New Zealand, uh, I remember I you know, said goodbye to all my friends. And I was like, yeah, look, I, I don't know when I'll be coming back. I really thought. I said, I'm going to stay gone for years. I'm going to maybe, you know, go to India, South America. There was so many places that I wanted to see. And there still is so many places in the world I want to see. Um, but after I was in New Zealand for around eight months and I felt, uh, okay, it's time to move on. Uh, I felt I, I, I had explored all of New Zealand and I was literally just picking another destination to go. Um, and I actually, I didn't know where to go. So I actually... Um, strange and all as it seems I uh I was uh just lost a little bit little bit lost again um so I said I didn't know where I wanted to go next so I actually I was sitting on this beach um this Blackstone beach I was like the only person on this huge beach uh one night and I watched uh, the moon rise or uh, a full moon just come up over the horizon in front of me incredible uh, to watch the moon rise um so watching it come up and uh it might seem a little bit strange, but I had a little uh, conversation with the moon. I said, uh, I said, hey, I said, look, I said, give me a give me a sign. Uh, tell me where I should go, what I should do next. Uh, I just I have I've just I've no idea where, where I should be going next. Um, so they just give me a sign whatever it is. Um, so that was fine. Actually, I went back to my hostel then after uh, spending a whatever a little bit of time on the beach and went to the hostel and then this uh this book just jumped jumped out i, I looked at this tiny little uh bookshelf in a really dark room in this hostel and this one book just jumped out at me which just said ireland you know traveling ireland and all of these things about ireland and i was like oh interesting uh, i said i've never seen seen a, a traveling ireland book i've you know been all over the world but i haven't uh, traveled ireland so much so i started reading it for for a bit of fun and i found it really interesting and Put it down anyways and i was making uh, some dinner for myself um and then i sat in the the, the community space uh just at one of the tables uh, to eat uh, my food and i just i just looked up at the ceiling and there was like a couple of flags on the ceiling and i just actually happened to sit under a, a big ireland flag that was just right above my head 
and I just remember looking up thinking like, oh my God, is this the sign uh, that I was uh, looking, that I was asking for, where I should be going next? But part of me, my, my ego, if you will, was kind of saying, no, I don't want to go home because I told all my friends I'm, uh, I'm gone now for a while. And this was, you know, I, I, I'm going to stay traveling. You know, I felt if I went home, that would be like uh, weak nearly, or that's like, I was like giving up on traveling. Um, so I one last check and I said to myself, right, I'll check flights, the price of flights home. And if they if they're cheap, if they're cheap, I'll uh, I'll get one. And if they're expensive, I'll pick another destination and go somewhere else. And next thing I checked the, the price of flights and they were ridiculously cheap. I, I couldn't believe how cheap I could get home for. <laughs> so I just um, I actually I booked the ticket and I was like, I don't know, why am I coming home? I, I really did not feel ready. I didn't feel ready to I hadn't found myself yet and I didn't know why I was coming home, but I just I, I trusted the signs. I said, all right, look, I got to do, I just, fe I felt I had to do it. So I flew home and yeah, that's when I was uh, in, I was in the middle of being in full hippie mode from New Zealand. So um, uh, I was trying to, that was a shock to my system, trying to readjust into regular society again. I had to get a job then obviously because I was, um, I needed money. Um, so all that, those things were all, uh, again, I had to like, kind of like relearning these things, um, strange as it sounds. But um, I see actually now uh, that was a, a year ago, uh, just about maybe a year and a half ago when I came home. Uh, I see now why I came home that this past year has been the most profoundly self-development year of my life. I have learned so much just from being at home. Um, I've done so many courses. I've, uh, oh, it has just been the most incredible year uh, of my life, actually, being uh, being at home this past year. So I, I see now it wasn't to do a travel. I had to come home for a different reason to uh, to learn. Um, and it's just been so good. And the COVID uh, as well has been uh, a blessing as it's really locked me down, right down. You can't go anywhere. You have to stay here now. And yeah, I've learned. Uh, I've And since then, in the last year, I've really dived into my... Um, my shadow side, I suppose, if you will, and I've done some shadow work and um, yeah, really uh, started just uh, just diving deep. I started traveling inwards instead of traveling outwards, I suppose you could say, yeah. in the last year. And, Very good. Uh, I love that. And that was my thought as you were speaking, Philip, you know, that you saw these signs, you know, and you're not crazy saying you're talking to the moon. You're talking to the moon lady here, you know, that I say that we have inspiration from nature on a daily basis. We're just not open to it. We're waiting for somebody to tell us what to do you know or what's the right choice we should make when we have all the answers within us and all around us on a daily basis if we watch nature the cycles of nature the cycles of life you know it's just absolutely beautiful so for you to watch the moon and the ireland book to jump out you know and as you said it there the ego went no i'm not going home what do people say you know i'm free from those constraints but what I felt is sometimes we need to come home where we do learn the most because on a soul level, we have chosen this physical body. We have chosen this physical body to come into that family, to live in that country, to learn the lessons that are best for us at that time. So by traveling outwards, it allowed you the freedom to maybe explore other aspects of yourself, give yourself that freedom and choice. But as you said, the real inner work was in here, inside, and coming home to do that. And that's so funny because that's my chapter in the last book I wrote. It's called Coming Home to Ourselves. 
because again, I meet so many people and a lot of young people and they're searching so much in life for something, but it's always outside of themselves. That's why I was talking about travel. They say, well, if I could just get away from home and if I could just leave college and if I didn't have to do this job, you know, and they have to go through that. Like you had to, sometimes you do have to leave to be able to come back. And it's not just coming back to Ireland or wherever you live. It's coming back to yourself, you know, that you've, discovered that it's not out here or out here it's not that person that's going to give it to me it's always going to come back to ourselves would you agree philip yeah 100 percent um the only person that can heal ourselves is ourselves um there's nearly no such thing as a healer and um, yeah. nobody can actually heal you um, they can give you the guidance that you need the support you need um and help you um, but you're the only person that can heal yourself. Um, and it was interesting because I do believe that sometimes we need the tra say the travel to, to run away. Well, I use the words run away because I feel that's kind of how it began for me. I was running away. Um, but I think sometimes we need that uh, breathing space. We need to get away from our regular familiar surroundings that, um, that hold um, like, yeah, that kind of they, they kind of hold us down um, a little bit. Um, it's good to, to break away from that. Just clear your head, so to speak. Do something else, something fun. Uh, go and, you know, explore the sunshine uh, or whatever it may be, whatever, you know, lights a fire in your heart. You know, just follow that. Um, but like that, for sure, the, the real work is, um, is, is, is when you come home to yourself. And it's interesting. I, I call it work, but, well, yeah, there, there, is a, there is a little bit of work, but the... It's not like uh, when you work your nine to five job, maybe that you might want to do like after one year of it, you're still in the same place. You have to keep doing it again and again. Whereas if, if you do a little bit of work on yourself, you can see the benefits. You're, you're, you're happier, you're more content, you're, you're more equipped with uh, tools to handle situations. And um, yeah, you literally will live like a happier life. Like you put a little bit of work in, uh, we'll say now at any age you are, and then from there on, it's, it literally just gets better. And you just, it's, life is amazing. Good. Um, and I love your enthusiasm for it. And this is my next kind of question to you. So when you say, you know, if we do a little bit of work and we work inwards. So, and, you know, you've started a men's circle recently on Instagram. On, I know it's probably through Zoom, but, you know, I saw it on Instagram. And that's kind of why... I reached out to you, Philip, to come here and to find out a little bit more about you and your journey up to this point and why you felt like you wanted to initiate this conversation with men. There is a huge stigma around men's mental and emotional wellness. And I'm not sure if it's with women, because women always want men to be more open and express their feelings and tell them what they're thinking. You know, that old joke, you know, what are you thinking? And they're going, nothing. And they literally might be thinking nothing. But for me, you know, having worked with men of all ages over the years, what I found is they've never been encouraged to express who they are, how they feel, what they want, you know, um, their feminine energy. It's always about the masculine energy. You know, if I say to uh, a male in my group, you know, we need to bring a balance into your masculine and feminine energy. They always get embarrassed, you know, that, that they have feminine energy. You know, they just don't have that understanding or awareness of it. 
And we always start from where they are and that's fine. But do you believe that men are programmed, even young people now coming up, you know, that are 14 upwards, because we have a huge issue with uh, mental health issues for young people. And it's a lot of males in particular, and a lot of suicides by males, you know, and I'm talking particularly in Ireland, you know, I'm not talking about the rest of the world, but if we went in there, the statistics are huge. Why do you think or feel yourself that it's still affecting men, you know, and a majority of men that are affected and are still afraid to reach out and ask for help? Yeah, it is. Um, it really is uh, quite. Um, it's quite a thing here in Ireland. Um, like, like you see it every every month. Uh, the amount of uh, suicides, uh, and in particular, like it's it is men, um, no doubt. It's younger men and uh, middle aged men for sure. Um, I suppose I believe it's. Um, I see it. It's it's in Ireland in particular. Again, a one blessing from my from my travels, um, meeting other men or just uh, from around uh, the world and different cultures. Um, there's a lot more openness. Um, there's a lot more. Um, there's the I suppose would you say the camaraderie or um, connection. Touch. Uh, sorry. Connection. Like having yeah, that heart to heart connection. Yeah. Yeah, but even just the the simple simple touch um, and like a hugs, um, like that's uh, something I actually had to get used to when I started traveling. I started meeting a lot of uh, just uh, like I would make uh, some friends or even my first time meeting a uh, some guy. Uh, you know, I would introduce myself or whatever, and he'd say, "Oh, hey, how are you?" And he'd automatically go over and g- give me a hug. And I remember in the beginning thinking this is so strange like I, I'm not used to like hugging like uh, whatever about hugging you know maybe other girls but not other other guys you know <laughs> and um, slowly it just it started becoming more normal as if like oh wow okay so like and, and everybody hugs uh, guys and girls you know mm. and it's um, you know you look at look at France like uh, you know they, they kiss on, kiss on the cheek um, yeah uh, it's you know, it's, it's just, it's so open and it's so normal and so natural. Um, but I, I don't understand fully why it's not like that in Ireland. Um, I believe it's just, you see it, there's just, there's more of this conditioning of, you know, being the, the hard man or um, the, you know, like to, to, the idea to man up and to, you know, toughen up and, you know, as an over exert your masculine energy you know which is essentially what we're being taught to do but like that um there's the world is about balance and everything is about balance and it's about balancing those energies inside which is the masculine and the feminine energies um the reason maybe there's not as many uh female uh suicides is because that is uh there's no you it is a feminine energy to 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 meet and to talk about your feelings and um and then this so it's uh, it does come more naturally for for women anyways um but in ireland we're i suppose you know no, yeah we're we, that kind of goes against us because you know in general men it's not as easy for men and then in ireland in particular there is some sort of a, a tough i don't know what it is like a tough um attitude um 
I don't know, maybe whatever it is uh, from, I'm, I'm thinking maybe it comes from the past um, that, uh, yeah, we're, we're growing up and we're, we're led, we have to be tough, you know, really hard men. Um, but it, it doesn't really, it won't really get you anywhere because it's, it's kind of, a, it throws out the balance. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's certainly, um, it's certainly a, a problem here in Ireland, but uh, it's something that I've always wanted to do, which is, is just to try and break down this barrier that's, uh, that's there. Um, just in a, and I'm actually blessed to be from Ireland as well, because I, I, you know, I can actually I can start working with this here where I think it's probably one of the most problem needed. areas in the world. Yeah, I yeah, think it's needed. And I, even for you saying, you know, I had to come home and you were given the signs and you felt drawn to come home because I think we're brought to the places where we can bring the most love or we can open our hearts more. And it may be the more challenging place, you know, as you said, in Ireland, because men are conditioned to being tougher. For me, I believe it's a lot about fear, though, rather than being tough. I believe it's a fear of them showing a weakness or being seen as vulnerable, you know, that again, and as you said, it's something that maybe has been programmed down through their whole lives and passed down through families and schools and jobs, everything else, that there is this, you know, fear-based thought around showing their emotions um, in particular to other men. You know, you'll see the Irish people, they'll reach out a hand and do a big firm, and it's always a firm handshake. And if somebody goes to hug them, there's nearly like a freeze motion <laughs> because they're like, oh my God, you know, and the usual thing in Ireland years ago is that fella must like fellas because he's always hugging. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, okay. I think it's more fear, you know, that if you're even with a, a male, any male in particular, you know, that's there with you. And if you reached out to hold or embrace that man and he stood back, that we, again, we meet them where they are and we'll, you know, say that's okay. But would it be okay if I held you for a moment? Mm. And just in that moment to feel the energy of their vulnerability, it does start slowly crumbling Two minutes later, they might come back up again and be, oh, that's for you, whatever, you know. I'll hug you, but I wouldn't hug anybody else. <laughs> so you, you know, um, initiating this beautiful men's circle. And this is a question, you know, I will ask. I'm always straight out. Do you believe it's only a certain type of people that will join your circle, but that on the peripheral, there is a group of men that would love to, but again, are terrified of being judged or being told, Ari, that's only one of them old hippie groups or, you know, you know, what would a man want to be doing talking in another man's circle? You know, do you feel it's only there's only certain types of males that will connect to you, Philip? And then there's other people that like that are left on the sideline, afraid to connect, to open up. I, I suppose, um, yeah, there's uh, the the people who who are meant to join, I suppose, will join. Um, yeah, you will have that where some people, there might be just that fear um, inside where they just, maybe they're, they're afraid, again, to be vulnerable or to open up or to, to talk to, to other men. Um, we're always going to have that. Um, so the only way I suppose to trying again trying to break down that uh, barrier is just by spreading awareness 
letting everyone letting these particular people know that it's that everybody's doing it like you know yeah. not everybody like so many guys are are doing it you know um so it's not just the the hippie guys or yeah. the, the really guys it's <laughs> and actually it's actually a really fantastic mix of guys uh, so far that have been on um really really amazing stuff um so i suppose for me i i try in order to, to try and include um, maybe some people who are maybe a little bit skeptical about just going in and just talking emotions uh, to other guys, um, I try and put um, a topic on it as well. Mm. So there is actually, you know, a topic, you know, where we can actually learn just regular tools that apply to absolutely anybody. Um, you know, just little, you know, like an interesting little topics. Um, now in, in the circle, I, I don't want, I don't, Try not to, to make sure to push that topic and make sure that we get, you know, we talk loads about that. And um, because if there's a great flow of conversation and things are going, that's that's the real important part of the circle is to, um, as as I put it to some of the guys, is um, is literally just to move the energy. When we have, if there's something bothering us, maybe it's about a partner, maybe it's about um, our life situation, family, whatever it is, something is bothering us uh, and we don't speak about it, it stays, it stays stuck in our, our physical body. And um, like a pressure pot, when it doesn't, if it if we do, choose not to speak about it, if we choose to keep it in, it, it will it, it boils inside and it just it just builds. It, it will only ever build. It will never subside on its own. And if you do feel it go away, it's it's going to come back again. Um, whatever's like truly bothering you. So um, yeah, the idea of, you know, even just to, like I open up a question and I will ask, you know, is there any, you know, is there anything this particular week that bothered anybody? Mm. Um, and, you know, the safe space where somebody can can just say what it is, be it about a partner, be it about um, family, whatever it is. And the, the beautiful part of that is even just by saying, just by not even receiving advice, just by saying, um, saying what was bothering you and having other people just listen. And that's as simple as that. Uh, you instantly feel you feel better just by saying it without having to do any particular thing after just by literally just speaking it, voicing it. Um, yes. And I suppose it, it moves this energy that, that is stuck uh, in inside. And um, yeah, you literally, it's how you free yourself and uh, it's how you make yourself feel better. Essentially. Now it doesn't, you don't have to speak it. If you know, a lot of people uh, like I, I do a lot of journaling um, that's a, a massive, uh, massive help to me always uh if there if anything is bothering me just to write it down as long as you get it out of your mind uh, and onto paper or you talk to a friend or you come to a men's circle and you just literally say the words and that's it done you know it's 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 over with then you don't have to deal with it it's it's fantastic well so. done philip um again i love as i said it was something that jumped out at me you know there's so much on social media, you know, that we can be overwhelmed at times with everything that people are offering. But it was something that I thought was very basic and grounding. And that's a compliment because I don't like the things that are all foo-foo and fluffy, you know, and they're going to learn how to be a master at this master class and that master class, you know, and I'm going, we have the rest of our lives to master anything you know I'm a master Reiki and I always remember thinking I felt a bit silly saying that because how can I be a master at it you can't master anything you know you really can't because you're always learning it's energy we're constantly changing and creating who we are where we are in our lives so you know I don't know if I'll ever be a master even in my next life you know that 
it's again just a title or a label that we again I'm always saying how we identify us we put it out there for the world to identify us the same as you're having the name on it men's circle you know it's something very strong but it's a very simple idea but the whole foundation of it is bringing people together and what I feel is this lovely flow of energy moving through it but that you are opening up the space for people to come men to come and to just express you know, who they are, what's going on for them right now without the need to someone tell them, well, you need to do this, this and this, you know, it is just to be listened to. And what I can compare in the, say, older generation to it, and the only thing I've seen like it is the men's shed. Have you heard about that, Philip? So, yes, when, yes, when I saw the first men's shed somewhere, it's not here in this area, but somewhere in another area near me, I wanted to go in and meet the men. But I almost felt like I was intruding on their private time and space as a woman. So I just stood back and then I actually worked with a group of men from a men's shed in Loch Ray. And they were just so beautiful and they had shared stories with each other. And now they were willing to share stories with me. And I wanted to join the men's shed because I just loved how relaxed it was. And it was so peaceful and it was just sharing that's all it was it was just sharing no one trying to tell the other person what they should be doing or not be doing but behind that sharing there was a huge amount of pain and unfortunately these men were over 60 years of age and they had held on to that pain for many many years a lot of them suffering with um, severe anxiety but again there was that fear of ever saying it to anybody so that's why your men's circle really resonated with me because I thought, well, what if all men had a circle? Whatever age they are in their group of 17-year-olds, a group of 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, they all had their own men's circle where they could go and feel safe and just share without having to try to be fixed, but just the openness to it. So as I said, yes, your men's circle jumped out at me, Philip, and I was so delighted to see it. You're creating the awareness, but not everybody will see your men's circle. What yeah. can we do about that? <laughs> <laughs> Number one, I suppose, I just wanted to thank you for, you know, for inviting me on here just so we can actually speak about it. Um, because I suppose maybe... Again, it's not it's not a talked about thing um, in Ireland. So, like I've been to like lots of them, but uh, in different parts of the world. Um, so yeah, just to like say, if just to bring some awareness to it uh, in Ireland, um, and I suppose like that, if we can just try and just spread the word a bit, um, like there's no, there is no, there's no age limit, and there's no. There's, there's, there's nothing uh, restricting, um, you know, just, I, I just love everybody and anybody uh, to join. And it's, it's like that it's relaxed. Um, it's every Sunday at, um, at 11 a.m. Uh, and I'm going to try and do a few during the week for some people who can't uh, do Sundays. And um, yeah, so it's just, uh, yeah, it, I, I feel it, I feel it will, it will build, but obviously the more people we can reach, uh, the better, because it's just yeah. the more people you have, the, the nicer it feels, you know? Yeah. It's nice. I think, Philip, what I feel just even speaking to you now is it's because you're putting your heart into it, you know, that it is going to open up and again, to have no expectations to just let that circle keep just flowing outwards further and further, let it develop naturally. I believe it will. 
Um, yes, I'm delighted that I can share and spread the word for you a little bit. Um, I would also encourage you, you know, to put yourself out there a little bit further even, you know, as a man and with the experience you have, but not going and saying, well, I have so much experience, but that you're just opening this space, you know, and I think they're the words that a lot of men need to hear, that there is a space, a safe space for them just to be whoever they are in that moment, in that circle, whether that is online. But what I would love to see, Philip, in the coming year without restrictions, that you can open up this circle in a physical way, you know, in a physical oh. space. And it is somewhere that people can walk in the door and nod at another person beside them and just say, oh, that's great. I am already connecting because we're all here. It doesn't matter why we're here, but we're just here together. And it is this beautiful space. So that would be my hope for you and your men's circle. I can see it flowing further and further afield. So I really wish you and your men's circle all the best. Thank you so much, Sharon. Um, I agree. I, I hope really soon after this um lockdown and once restrictions ease that uh, it can be a, a more of a physical thing um yeah yeah it's nice to have it virtual but uh, there's nothing beats the the physical presence uh, of other people as well so maybe we hugs. can and the hugs, and the hugs. <laughs> <laughs> So, Philip, there's so much more I know we didn't touch on today, like your love of horses, you know, you're, you've touched on your travel. I know that you play music. And again, I think that can be brought in as part of your men's circle where people could bring in their instruments and just play music and other people just listen because music, again, is um, it's just another energy. It's another way of expressing yourself. It's a way of healing you know, and certain songs and the vibrations, as I always say, they resonate with a part of your soul and it allows a release sometimes without the words. So there are many aspects to you, Philip, that I think you are going to bring into your men's circle. You know, it won't be just listening or sharing topics that it'll become something else for you in the future. You know, it's, I just feel it growing and growing in your energy. You may not see it yet, but I can see it like it's already formed out there for you somewhere. And it's amazing. And it's not just on Instagram, <laughs> which is really good. And also your tiny home project. But what I will do, Philip, is maybe next year I will have you back on again as my guest. And we'll see how things have progressed within your own life personally, within your men's circle. And I have no doubt you'll have so much more to share with us. And it'll be all very exciting. Wow, yeah, that would be fantastic. I would love that also, yeah, really. Thank you, Sharon, so much for having me here. I, I really appreciate it. Um, it's amazing. Thank you. You are so very welcome. Thank you, Philip. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. And you can all watch out for Philip Walsh. He's on Instagram at wonderful underscore soul. And I'll get some more details if Philip is on other um, social media outlets. I'm no good at remembering them and I write them down wrong. So I get them from you, Philip, and put them under this podcast. As I said, this podcast is about being raw and real. It's about being perfectly imperfect. It's about accepting ourselves, even the little hitches that happen um, in life, but also when we're connected virtually. And that I just want the conversations to flow 
So my guests are showing us the reality behind the face that you may see on the screen or the person that, you know, is not just this Instagram handle, that there is so much more to each and every one of us. And again, I thank Philip for joining us today and we look forward to seeing where his future is going to lead him and the amount of people that he's going to share that future with. So again, we give thanks to Philip and I look forward to chatting to my next guest next week. Please do tune in and thank you for joining me.